Welcome to Cultural Technologies. I'm Bernard Dionysus Gagan. Today's episode is a sequel on the last one. The last episode, you will recall, featured an interview with W.J.T. Mitchell, the media theorist and literary critic of the University of Chicago. In today's episode, uh, we have again Professor Mitchell, this time in conversation with the media theorist Mark Hansen, uh, currently of Duke University, and the philosopher Bernard Stiegler. Uh, he's uh, currently of the Pompidou Center in France. Uh, this conversation took place in around 2003, 2004, uh, and they were discussing the work of Friedrich Kittler, specifically his book, Gramophone Film Typewriter, which on the, the occasion of this conversation, uh, Professor Mitchell's students at the University of Chicago had read. Since, um, since Professor Stiegler was passing through University of Chicago at the time, um, he joined the conversation. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I'm pretty sure that, uh, Professor Stiegler studied with uh, the late Friedrich Kittler um, in the 80s in Bochum, uh, in Bochum, Germany. Friedrich Kittler, of course, a uh, distinguished German media theorist uh, who died maybe eight months or so ago. So uh, with no further ado, I'm going to let the, uh, let the vintage recording roll. It's, uh, the quality is not perfect, but it's intelligible. Um, Professor Stiegler can be recognized by his uh, French accent. Mark Hansen early on has a very, very concise description of um, of Kittler's project. Um, so when you hear someone give this really concise summary of what, what Kittler's up to, that's Mark Hansen. And uh, the final voice you may recognize from the last podcast uh, will be Professor Mitchell. Um, we'll be back again in two weeks with another interview on visual culture studies. What I'm going to do is just uh, set up some basic parallel between uh, parallel and beginning of differentiating between. Um, Professor Stiegler's um, project uh, of thinking about media and uh, perhaps um, I- implications for how one would would think of a media history and then Kittler's project. And I think the first the first striking um, and Professor Stiegler is familiar with Kittler and has probably some of his own things to say about Kittler's project um, at some point. But the the first major source of Convergence seems to me to be the notion, the emphasis that's put on the notion of technical recording, right, as somehow inaugurating something new in the history of culture, right? And you'll remember that um, in Kittler's case, technical recording is um, a phenomenon of the 19th century, um, that it arises with the uh, phonograph. Right, which is the inscription of sonic fluxes, right, and um, with the invention of cinema, the cinematograph, which is which allows for the inscription of um, visual flux, right, the flux of the visual, and um, and in Kittler's argument, this is important as we discussed last time, um, because it uh, breaks up what he calls the alphabetic monopoly. Right, and what he ma- means by the alphabetic monopoly is the empirical fact that um, 
up until, in his argument at least, up until the invention of these technologies in the 19th century, um, the only way to store our experience was by writing it down, by capturing it in the code or the system that is natural language, right? And um, thus, in a certain sense, um, reducing it to, reducing certain elements of it to, um, to what can be preserved in the form of language, right? And uh, once we then have the invention of these new inscription technologies, uh, sound inscription and the inscription of the visual flux in cinema, uh, it becomes possible to um, capture and store those <coughs> domains or those forms of human experience um, in, a, in a richer way, I think, um, would, would be a good way to put it. Um, and as you know, then, in the contemporary moment um, with the development of digital media, what Hitler is really interested in, in terms of in relation to digital media, is the fact that uh, there's a convergence of these separate forms of inscription, right? Inscription of the linguistic flux or the vocal, the verbal flux, inscription of the visual flux, and inscription of the sonic flux. There's a convergence at the material level in the form of the digital computer, right? And this is not dissimilar to Manovich's argument about the way that the digital marks the convergence, the coming together of the history of media forms and uh, computing, right? So what happens in the digital, according to Kittler, is that we have now in the form of zeros and ones of digital code, a general platform that all of these differentiated media forms um, can um, be put into or put on. Right? And this causes um, for him a de-differentiation of um, media, right? And a sort of return to the notion that there either is no media or there's only one media, medium, right? The digital computer, right? And as you know, this then takes um, apocalyptic, dystopic turns or perhaps post-human excite excitable terms in Kittler's argument where you know, he suggests in the beginning, in the introduction to film gramophone typewriter, that um, you know what's eventually going to happen is that these computers, these digital circuits, are going to run by themselves without the without uh, making a circuit through human perception and human experience, right? Um, which was necessary um, in the form of in the epoch of media differentiation and these three great forms of storage of human experience, because. Um, the media were geared somehow to the, the ratios of human perception, as McLuhan would put it, right? The digital computer for Kittler <coughs> no longer has that kind of um, synchronization with the human and human experience, and, um, you know, and that's what allows him to sort of go in that direction. Now, I think in Professor Stiegler's work, um, there's an initial uh, sort of similarity in the emphasis put on the importance of technical <coughs> recording. Right, um, that in 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 uh, that in the invention of the phonograph and of the um, of the cinematograph and of photography too, I think um, it's important to say um, what what we have is the possibility, as he explains in the article, the time of cinema that we read together, is the possibility of um, inscribing an experience in an orthographic form, right? So in a literally exact form. And um, then we can have an experience of that same of that same temporal object, right? In his understanding, um, more than one time, and that allows us, as we saw, 
to um, to isolate or to inframe the way in which um, primary retentions are constituted through a selective activity, um, the selective activity of memory of secondary re retention exerting its force um, on what it is we attend to. Right? So his, his example of listening to a piece of music once and then listening it to, it to it again, the experience is different. Why is the experience different? Because your memory of having listened to it the first time is actually doing selective work in determining what happens in the second. Um, in the second hearing, and what does this do? Then it allows us to, it allows us a kind of insight into how the time of consciousness, right, time consciousness, right, is constituted, right. It's constituted through this selective process of um, primary retentions being impacted through secondary memory, and even more importantly, through what Professor Stiegler introduces as a new category into Husserl's work, namely tertiary memory, right. The um, inscription of experiences that were not lived by consciousness. Right? So the inscription of um, experiences that are cultural experiences lived by others at other times that can be handed down to us. Right? And, and part of um, the importance, as we saw, of Professor Stiegler's argument as it, as it relates to Husserl's work is that he suggests <coughs> that the, prime, the most important form of memory or the condition of possibility for the, the operation of retention is tertiary memory, is tertiary retention, is the existence of these um, technical recordings that are then the, the sort of archive from which um, selective pressure is put on primary retention. So what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that for Stiegler, technical recording is very important, but for Stiegler, technical recording is important in a different way, it seems to me, than it is for Kittler. Right? It's not important in and of itself as a form of storage. I mean, it is important for that reason, but it's important also because of the way that it allows us to specify how human consciousness, human time consciousness, um, takes place. Right? And um, when we then come to uh, the, the, the contemporary moment and the, um, and the, the situation of the digital, um, and we were just having a discussion this morning about the relation between the analog and the digital. Um, when we come to the digital, what, what Professor Stiegler sees is not only and not primarily a convergence of all of these forms of media in a, in a, in a single material form or a single material platform, digital code, right? Rather, um, what Professor Stiegler sees is a transformation in the circuit that correlates human experience and te technologies of storage and recording, right? And so for him, the point is not that technologies are outrunning the human and we're going to enter some sort of post-human era where machines run by themselves, as, you know, Kittler's metaphor um, puts it, but rather um, to understand how the digital as a new... Um, as a new cultural formation, really, right, and not simply a new technical formation, how the digital um, is impacting and modifying um, what our experience is, is in the world today, right? Um, I think that would be a good way to put it. Um, so I don't know, Tom, I, that's basically how I see the, the two projects running in parallel, but then also running separate. Um, yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 
maybe what would be nice is if, um, I don't know if you, Bernard, would like to say something about Kittler. Um, you know, just, um, you know, if you have any thoughts about, you know, we were reading his book, um, film, Gramophone yeah. Film Typewriter, where he, mm -hmm. you know, which you may know or you may not know. Yeah. Um, no, I have nothing to, to, to say about it. Uh, I will say exactly what you said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, just maybe his, his problem, uh, not his problem, but his Okay, don't problem. <laughs> <laughs> we all think problem. he's got problems, right? <laughs> 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 an obsession for mathematics, I think. And uh, uh, in interpret all this process of what I call grammatization like an uh, um, independence, an independence of, uh, of mathematics through machines. And as you say, <coughs> uh, for me, it's not at all a question. Uh, uh, the question is of mathematics, it is discretization. That's completely different. Uh, that's not completely different. That's, that's uh, obviously uh, the same question in a, in, in a certain way. But uh, nevertheless, I would say my question is phenomenon, the phenomenon, not the object. And uh, um, I, uh, he thinks that uh, mm. there is an in conquête d'autonomie, yeah, autonomy, autonomy, autonomization, autonomization mm -hmm. of techniques, mm -hmm. and uh, for me it's a kind of phantasm. But on the other hand, uh, I should add two two questions. Um, firstly, for me, the grammatization is it is also the operation of the automatical machine, not only <coughs> the computer, but the machine in the factory. It's uh, called a machine outil en français. Mm -hmm. A machine which is um, including the <coughs> know-how of the, of the worker and uh, which is discretizing, discretizing the, the gestures of the worker uh, which are transformed into operations of the machine. This is also the question of grammatization. And I think to separate uh, the question of uh, language, alphabet, uh, photograph, cinematograph, and, and uh, audio uh, recording, and so on, from all those questions of gestures is, is a very big error. Mm -hmm. Because um, the problem is not only uh, the function of the nervous system of perception, it is also the function of the, of the body, uh, which is moving. And the question is movement. It's not only perception. And uh, there is a change. The, the, the man very important in this question is uh, Etienne Jules Marais, in France, <coughs> who was uh, at the origin of the invention of cinematography. Uh, because with the chrono photograph, which was uh, designed for describe is the physi physiology of the body and of the movement. Uh, it was a question of uh, the, the intelligence of what is the life, human life, through the movement. Not only the movement of eyes, of, uh, of, of, uh, of perception, but the movement of, of the whole body and, 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 and soul. And uh, that is 
also a difference for me with the kit with uh, my up in my approach uh, in respect to this of, of Kitler. And, and the other question is uh, the the question of grammatization of the life. That is uh, molecular bi biology uh, now. Um, what we call um, uh, 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 chirurgical therapy, uh, uh, restriction enzymes, uh, do you say it like that? Res restriction enzymes, enzymes, yeah. enzymes mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, this is a new stage of dramatization, but at the molecular level now. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, this is very important. In this uh, field, the question is not <coughs> the, the autonomization of the machines, but it is a transformation of the process of individuation, what, which is the vital individuation, mm -hmm. and which is uh, the life, generally. Mm -hmm. And here, uh, the problem is not machine on the one side and the life on the other side. The problem is how the grammatization, the process of grammatization, is transforming the, the, the the gathering of, of all those things, you know, in which <coughs> photographs, cinematographs, and so on, are just a part. But not, maybe not the, the main part. Yes, it is the main part because it is the part which controls the consciousness. But uh, the control of bodies is very important. So, uh, and uh, it's very important to articulate the truth. So. so is grammatization then, obviously, it's, it's not something that's tied directly to specific technologies, right? Um, and it, it also seems like it wouldn't be something that comes about for the first time with the invention of language. Yeah, or, or absolutely. Is it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that it, it, it's related to human thinking and human consciousness yeah. and the form of yeah. life and that the human is. Yes, yeah, gesture. So maybe if you could say a little bit, just for to explain a little bit what grammatization means yeah. for you. Grammatization is uh, the discretization <coughs> of the continuity of movements. Uh, for example, when you are studying uh, the beginning of the fabrication of uh, tools, of uh, silex tools, you know, uh, I've done that when uh, tw 20 years ago I, I worked with the laboratory of Leroy Gourand. Right. The flint tools of proto humans, right? Yeah. Chippers. Yeah. And we, we reproduced uh, those tools. We, we, we tried to, to refine the techniques of produ production of those tools uh, because it, we, we called that, uh, not me, but uh, Leroy Gourand called that uh, experimental technology. Mm -hmm. That was reproduction of the gestures and we, we, with the, the reproduction of the gestures you can refine, rediscover the conditions of the production of the production of the gestures. You know, mm -hmm. if you know what is what are the natural resource resources, the conditions of life, and so on. And uh, when you observe what happens in the transformation of those conditions of uh, production of those tools, you can observe that that it is explained by Laurent Durand in uh, the third volume of uh, Gesture and Speech. Uh, you can observe how um, the, the, the development of this industry is the development of the conquest, the conquest of discretization of the gestures. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, 
it is very, very, very clear. For example, if you observe what happens between uh, the Australopithecus, that is, uh, two and a half billion years before us, Australopithecus, <coughs> right? Australopithecus, yes, and until Neanderthal, 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 yeah, which is uh, three hundred thousand years before us. Uh, it's about two million, two billions uh, years between the two. You have a conquest of uh, separation of operation. What in what uh, Laurent Gouin called the the operatory chain, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the beginning, it is in the gesture. After it is in the gesture and the tools. And after uh, Laurent Gouin explained that uh, there is a moment in which the energy of the muscular energy, for example, pass into. Uh, not uh, in the in the mu muscle, but in in the object like uh, comment the lark the lark for the yeah the bow and arrow bow and arrow bow and arrow so no c'est quoi lark for lark the flesh the the arrow the the arrow for archery yeah archery 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 yeah exactly yes you have the energy in the object you know. Because it is like a condensator, you condense mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. your energy, you, ac you accumulate your energy, and you can uh, project uh, an object at uh, 300 kilometers. You know, uh, mm -hmm. that is uh, faster than, uh, uh, for example, in gazelle, in a gazelle, a gazelle, you know, and uh, you can catch the gazelle because the gazelle <laughs> is is uh, running at at 100 kilometers, and you you take it mm -hmm. with that. So there is an exterior an exteriorization, which is described by Lomagouran, which is the story of the relationship between the body of the man and the technicity, and this exteriorization is in fact a, gra a grammatization. Mm -hmm. This grammatization is particularly the, the concept uh, adequate for description of uh, the, the, the discretization of all the flux, the flows, mm -hmm. if you prefer. Mm -hmm. um, flows <coughs> of gestures, flows of speech, flows of images passing uh, uh, in front of the eyes, flows of sounds in the, in the et cetera, et cetera, but also every flows of the central nervous system. So grammatization is mainly used as concept for describing the activities of, of the central nervous system. But for me, it is also uh, important to use it for describing the activity of not only the, the central nervous system, but the periphery of this, uh, you know, the activities of the hands. Of the of the of the feet and uh, of the body, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is uh, the question of the notation, description, and control of the activities of body that is of work. And uh, for example, in in the dance, moving in choreographia, you have the Laban notation, you know. And the Laban notation, it is a problem of grammatization, mm -hmm. and you can uh, map the question of Laban notation with the question of scientific organization of work, of Taylor, you know, which is also a description of uh, what is activity of the worker, you know, and <coughs> it's uh, 
in the, in the first case, uh, an artistic question of grammatization. In the second one, uh, uh, an industrial question of grammatization. But it is very interesting to, to, to map the two. When I was working here in Irkham, I created a, a, a little uh, w uh, workshop about how, use, how to use uh, computers and uh, systems of uh, um, motion capture mm -hmm. for uh, developing a new kind of notation of choreography and dance, you know. And it was uh, using, we, we, we used the technicity used in the robotic for the, 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 the choreography and the dancers. That is the reason for which I insist that it's very important to not to, s to stay enclosed in the question of hearing, uh, uh, viewing, and, and language, but also to, to include the question of the body, of the work, of the, of the, the life, uh, of the movement, you know, and e e even uh, the social movements, collective movements, you know, mm -hmm. for, for controlling uh, all those movements in the question of grammatology. And I think, um, with um, Kittler, this, those questions are not really uh, addressed, you know. Uh, there is a question at this yeah. point, though. Um, there was one other place where I felt some kind of convergence between your work and Kittler's, and that's on the, um, the issue of uh, suffering and, and misery. Yeah. Um, since Kittler, is, uh, if I understand correctly, he's, he's mainly uh, interested in the, the, the trauma of technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the shock of it, uh, sometimes the euphoria that comes with the shock, but also the aftershock of um, uh, a kind of alienation, uh, anxiety, a feeling that basically the, the, the human, whatever the human has been, it's become obsolete in the face of the uh, exteriorizations that we've produced. Take over our experience to, to record it, to broadcast it, to, uh, to reproduce it. So and and this is a category for you too. I take it that. Uh, in, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what what's the difference between your account of. Um, uh, th I think the phrase you used uh, yesterday at the workshop was um, uh, was was it misery or suffering? Symbolic yeah. misery. Symbolic misery. Yeah. Yeah, symbolic misery. It seems to me that uh, uh, could you say that, that Kittler is somebody who is. Um, a kind uh, like an underground man who is uh, <laughs> de descending into the um, the, the contemporary uh, uh, house of horrors of a kind of worst case scenario of mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, symbolic suffering, mm -hmm. symbolic misery, mm -hmm. uh, as a kind of adjunct or part of the experience of of these technologies, a feeling that things are moving too fast or that you're out of control, or that desire is continually <coughs> uh, evacuated, uh, like the, um, the notion of entertainment as basically fast food. You know, it keeps, you keep eating more and more, and the hunger just gets worse. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the side effects. <laughs> but uh, the problem for me, <coughs> the difference with Kittler, I, I have, uh, Always the catastrophic scenario in my in my in my 
mind, you know, uh, as a possibility. And I think it is very important to to be able to envisage, to, to, to see the possibility of this scenario. That's, I think it's very important to, to, to see it in front of it. But um, I think, uh, and we share that with uh, Hitler, uh, probably. But I think uh, that uh, the question for me that I call symbolic misery is not really the question of um, techniques become out of control because of the, the acceleration of exteriorization. This is the service of Hitler, but it's not mine. It is also the service of Virilio, for example, mm -hmm. but it's not mine. It's, it's also the service of Bodria. But I think, in my opinion, that the very question is not that. Is the very question is our inability to make a new process of individuation with these uh, new types of technologies. And uh, it, the problem is not the technology. We are the problem. <laughs> the problem is that we are not capable today to understand what is at stake in the technology. And the, uh, for me, as we said before this morning, uh, the problem is a solution, mm -hmm. and the solution is a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is not to oppose, uh, for example, uh, an integrity and autonomy of the life uh, uh, in front of the heterogeneity of, of technicity, because there was never uh, autonomy of life, for the human life was always in the, in the process of exteriorization. The, the process of individuation is the process of exteriorization, that is, of grammatization. Mm -hmm. So the problem is when we are not capable to, capable to, to think that and to, uh, to, to invent a new social organization with that. It was, for example, the problem at the end of the Raman Empire, you know, uh, it was a problem uh, at each uh, moment of decadence, because there was decadence. It's, it's not uh, politically correct to speak about decadence, but I think there was decadence very, very, uh, uh, very much in, in, in a very much, um, in a very... I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. De word. Decadence. Decadence, decadence yes. Yeah. Uh, very often, you know, in... Uh, more, not very more often, but more cases than just the Roman Empire. Yes, <laughs> and uh, it's now we are living a problem like that, and generally those problems are problem of what I call disadjustment between uh, the development of the, the technical individuation and the development of the social individuation. There is a moment in which the technical individuation is faster than the social individuation, and at this moment there is a crisis. It's clear now that for us, this crisis, it is our time, you know, <laughs> as we say this morning. We had a long this discussion on what we mean by the phrase, our time. <laughs> uh, is our time the same as your time? Uh, <laughs> but this crisis yes. is not the same that the crisis of Roman Empire, because we have the atomic bomb, we have uh, biological weapons, and so on. So the crisis is really... Uh, uh, very, very critics. But uh, it, nevertheless, 
uh, it is always the same question. The, 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 the powerful of technicity is uh, much more bigger, but uh, the structure of the problem is the, is the same. Mm -hmm. uh, with the question of speed, which is very specific, but, uh, because this question of speed today is uh, probably uh, new because of the passage of the computation in the machines. Mm -hmm. And that is the, 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 that is the point on which the, the, the work of Kittler is very interesting, very important, mm -hmm. with very little also. So that, that, I mean, I think that expresses it very well. For Kittler, the, the, the misery, and maybe it is symbolic misery, but the misery is caused by the machines themselves, and there's no solution, right? Whereas for you, the, the symbolic misery. Except entertainment. Yeah, but I mean, entertainment, it's the matrix, right? I mean, we're watching the matrix while our energy is being drained to run the whole system, right? <laughs> um, whereas for, for you, you know, the, the misery is a, is a product of the, the maladjustment, the lack of adjustment between so the social and the technical, and yeah. the fact that the technical is happening with a rapidity, with a speed <laughs> that is, um, that is causing us what you call disorientation, right, in, in, in another one of your books. Um, and so then part of the, the I mean, the, the solution part, you know, of the solution is the problem, the problem is the solution, you know, is to try to find ways to make use of these technologies in order to, um, to <coughs> find symbolic objects that are worthy of our desire and our interest, Absolutely. right? Um, and, I, and that seems to be also then putting the emphasis on digital technologies, not um, for their material properties, but digital technologies as um, tools for practice or as the supports mm -hmm. for pract human practices, social practices, forms of individuation, as you mm -hmm. put it. And that it seems to me completely different from Kittler, mm -hmm. where the you know autonomy of the machine is happening, you know, at a very <coughs> at the level of hardware, right? Um, you know, the problem with Kittler, these machines I think. Here is that it doesn't address the question of desire. And uh, it is a very question for me. Because, uh, firstly, technicity is produced by desire. <coughs> that is, by work. And work is a kind of desire, a sublimation of desire. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, secondly, uh, um, desire is always in a relationship, a very strict relationship to the technical object. Uh, for example, if you read the introduction of uh, in, in psychoanalysis of Freud, when he described the language of the dream, symbolic language, all the symbols are uh, technical objects, hat, piano, uh, and so on. Uh, 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 you say them like everyday life objects, but those everyday life objects are, are technical objects. Technical products, yeah. mm -hmm. And uh, we forgot that. Uh, this chair is a technical object, uh, this uh, jacket so, and, uh, and everything is technical object. We, we just see a technical object in the new technical object, but mm -hmm. uh, everything li like this house and... Uh, and the electric uh, light, don't forget the electric light. <laughs> electric light. And, and, this, and this floor, which is uh, plain, you know, that, wow. that's, uh, that's uh, produced by techniques, that's, that's not natural. And all those things are techni technical, and 
And the question of uh, the production of this, the, the passage from drives, instinct, animal instinct to desire, is a passage from natural life to technical life. And this question is not uh, addressed by, uh, by Hitler. So it, 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 it emphasizes on the, the, the pole, which is technicity. But technicity is technicity only in the relationship to, the, to desire, to desire. Uh, drives, uh, means, uh, not means, uh, les besoins, les uh, needs, 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 and so on. Could, could I say this one uh, thing? I, it, somebody has to speak for Hitler here, so I'll, I'll, try, to, I'll try to take on the, it, at least the question of desire. It doesn't seem, it seems to me that there is desire, uh, and it plays a role in gramophone and typewriter, but not uh, so much as libido, uh, but as maybe the death drive. Uh, that is, remember we talked last time about uh, Kittler's notion of, you know, where does technical innovation come from? For him it comes from aggression, from war, uh, the urge to destroy, uh, to take control over bodies. Uh, or to, it, and that can also include remediating bodies or uh, uh, you know, creating prostheses. So Edison is absolutely central in you know, finding something for the deaf. Uh, finding artificial ears uh, or artificial eyes. Uh, so there, there is desire, but the in one way I think of him in contrast to you and and uh, and also to McLuhan is that for, for McLuhan there's a kind of a, a notion of play, uh, simply the desire for for innovation for for uh, for the surprise, for the unexpected that might come out of of human invention, uh, the idea of the, the unpredictable. You draw back the, uh, the bow, you, you may not know where the arrow is going to land until you learn to use this technology. In fact, you'll probably shoot the guy next to you, <laughs> as our <laughs> vice president just did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a, there's a kind of play of unpredictability, or what you called yesterday, the, the incalculable, that I think, uh, at least for McLuhan, is a motive. For, uh, for for media innovation. And th the other thing I wanted to, to say, I, I want to pick up on your word maladjustment, uh, that, that, that that's what your uh, approach to this is, in not in terms of the notion of the autonomy of the machines and, their, and the evil that's nested in those machines, but the question that it's our problem, and therefore we must find a, a new ratio of adjustment, uh, a new organology, another one of Professor Stiegler's concepts. Um, I, I want to relate that to a question we've been puzzling over here, and that's the, the way that myth uh, enters into the discussion of media. Uh, that it, you know, Every new medium, uh, or many new media, involve a, a legendary inventor, uh, and that we produce out of media innovations a kind of um, uh, master narratives, uh, often like Plato's narrative of uh, the king of Egypt. What will happen if we take on writing? We'll lose our memories. Uh, the device will make us less than we were. It will reduce uh, us. Uh, and it strikes me. I want to see if you agree with this. That um, one thing Hitler is very good at doing is channeling the technical myths. 
of our times, especially the dark mythologies uh, of our time about what what technology uh, and, and media technology particularly is is doing to us, as if it were uh, we had created a golem, and the golem is one of the, the golem is the artificial warrior who then turns against the creator, uh, the Frankenstein uh, uh, model, or the, uh, the notion of a war machine that gets out of control, takes over. That's why, in, in some ways, perhaps these are uh, th these dark stories, the platonic ones and, uh, and Hitler's one, make for better myths. Uh, maybe not such good history. Uh, I wonder if you agree with that. Uh, if, 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 uh, you're not so interested in the myth mm. uh, yes, sure. of uh, yeah, yeah. the media. Yes. You're more uh, like Aristotle. Pardon? You're more like Aristotle. Yeah. But, but except for the fact that, that the Promethean Epimethean myth is central yes. to your yes, introduction sure. of yes. this, you know, yeah. co-originarity of technics and the human. So I w I'm not sure that's true. You know, yeah, you know. It's not yes. the, the Do same. You have a myth that you want to I have a myth also. Yes, <laughs> uh, that's clear. It's not the same kind of myth. Uh, it's not a, a, a myth of origin, but a myth of non-origin. <laughs> and I think that this is a, that is a, a very different. Uh, because in this myth of non-origin, you have all immediately the question of the law, uh, of justice, decay in, in Greek, and of the ethics, that is, eidos uh, in Greek, of la uh, honte, shame. <coughs> and uh, it's immediately the question of the organization of the city, of the police. Um, that's the reason for which it's not a myth of origin, but a myth of, of uh, political organization. Uh, and it is uh, precisely uh, transformation of uh, from mythology to political uh, to political uh, individuation. After with Hitler, I think uh, one aspect, like in Virgilio, very often I, I find them very parallel, uh, very different, because Virgilio is a is a believer. Uh, you know, Virilio is a Christian believer, mm -hmm. and uh, I think Hitler is a mixion, a non-believer. But so it, they are very uh, different. A non-believer in what? In God, <laughs> and, and 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 maybe in everything. That's a <laughs> and, 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 and in man too, right? Virilio, <laughs> believer in yeah. man, and Hitler yeah. clearly is not. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, <coughs> what they are. Uh, in common also very interesting is their attention to the genesis of those uh, process of invention and innovation. For example, uh, uh, the importance for the two of military research. Yes. Uh, that's very, very important for Hitler and for Virginia. But that, that's also the source of the the paranoiac structure of the, of the myth mythology of uh, of Hitler, you know, because for me the problem with Hitler is that it, it is a, he is a paranoiac, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, it's very interesting. Generally, par paranoia makes you very clever. He's <laughs> <laughs> a, great, a great storyteller, and don't, yeah. for, don't forget the yeah. paranoia is is one of the chief engines of interpretation. Yes, so, yes. <laughs> because the paranoid 
everything has meaning. That's the, the, the thing. This chair means yeah. something. Yeah. The fact that it's here and not over there. <laughs> it's not an accident to me. <laughs> but for me, it's uh, mainly accidents. <laughs> That's, uh, probably I'm paranoid too, but uh, <laughs> not in the same way. <laughs> So we can. Uh, Might be. Maybe we you to uh, be prepared with questions. Why don't you uh, start firing away? This is the quietest you guys have been the whole term. Yeah. Good. You got respect. You see, we don't. Interrupt us all the time. You said a little bit about um, the question of law and law and political organization. Yeah. I wonder is is the situation in terms of are our technologies ahead of our social organizations? Like, is, you know, the, the technologies we have available, do we need a social organization to catch up with them? And what would a, that kind of social organization look like? Um, there was a question we didn't address today, to this afternoon, which is the question of capitalism and, and, and political economy. Uh, my... Uh, Cursus in philosophy begins by his Marxism. And I think what is very important in Marxism is that all the questions of political questions are economical questions. And uh, we spoke about the question of desire. I think uh, the political society, political organization, is uh, uh, what Freud called uh, libidinal economy. Every human society is a libidinal economy. We spoke this morning about the Chamanic organization. It is a, a libidinal economy uh, which passed by the Chaman. Sh sh shaman. 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 The shaman. Shamanic. Shamanic. The shaman. Shamanic. 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 That's clearly, they are clearly uh, libidinal economy. The, the, the Greek philosophers and the Roman philosophers says themselves that they are in the libidinal economy. Not in these words, because those words are the words of Freud. But the desire is uh, the core of the question of the society. And after we, we enter in a, in a Christianic uh, Society and in this Christianic society, it's a transformation because the desire has become the desire for, for Jesus Christus uh, <coughs> and for God, uh, you know. But it's always a libidinal economy. With capitalism, uh, suddenly the libidinal economy is organized around the the market, the merchandising the. The goods, the marchandise. Yeah, uh, goods, yeah, consumer goods. goods. Consumer goods, you know. And it is a question of fetishism that Marx sees. He didn't see it, he didn't, he didn't see it very clearly because uh, he, he, needs, he needed the, the theory of Freud, and Freud arrived uh, 30 years later. But, uh, uh, this uh, new organization of the libidinal economy is an, organi an organization of fetishism. Uh, 
around the goods, industrial goods. And uh, here the question is how to um, short circuit to make a short circuit between uh, the capital and the consumer and to evacuate the political level which is uh, what what is a political level <coughs> it is a level of sublimation in fact which is sometimes purely a juridical level like in the greek not purely but mainly juridical level like the greek society or roman society and uh, in uh, Christianic or monotheistic uh, societies, it is a, a, a theological political level. But this theological, theological political level is a level of sublimation, which, um, open, which opens uh, a sphere uh, which uh, escapes to calculation, pure calculation. Now, we have the problem that in the industrial society in which we lived, we live now, uh, which are uh, societies of technology, that is of capitalism. Everything is uh, organizing for intensify the return on investment and uh, short-circuiting, uh, short uh, that's correct, short-circuiting, short, short uh, yeah, leaving the political out of the circuit, right? Yeah. So, so bypassing the political. Yes, bypassing yeah. the political. And I think this organization is now obsolete. That, that I, I, I don't want to say that we must come back to uh, the welfare state or, uh, you know, that's not at all the question. But I think we must create a new condition for production of negantropy. Because capitalism has become, with uh, a connection with uh, the speed of technology and obsolescence, has become a, a machine produ uh, of production of entropy. And entropy is destroying economy. It's clear, you know. Uh, it, and this uh, induces what I call the, the, the lack of desire. The, 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 the disparition of desire and the apparition of drives. And the apparition of drives is the apparition of the barbary. Uh, the impossibility to, to make synchronization in the society, to make a link between the different uh, members of the society. At this moment, it is a war of us to us, you know, uh, of, uh, of uh, everybody to everybody, you know, and I think it is a limit. Uh, this is, it is this limit which must be uh, think now, and it is our problem <laughs> to, to think that, because uh, this limit uh, is how to make, with this technology, producing at the moment uh, entropy. But it's not the technology which produces entropy. It is technology in this organization of the extreme capitalism, you know, which produces entropy. Uh, now, how can we uh, reappropriate this technology in a new kind of uh, economy, a political economy, that is, of liberal economy, 
producing a new kind of negative traffic. And it is a, a need for the capitalism, you know. So, uh, diffi difficult questions, but, uh, but uh, I think uh, here uh, the problem is to reinvent uh, a kind of flow. But uh, when I say kind of flow, uh, it's not only a question of a technical question for lawyers. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, a, a political and philosophical mm. question. I, I shouldn't say uh, I, I wouldn't and I shouldn't say a theological question, but almost a theological question. Why wouldn't you say it's a not a theological question? Why? Yes. Because I think um, yesterday I spoke about uh, theos in Aristotle, and uh, the theological question, question for me is the question of the object, the common object of desire, when it is not uh, uh, thought uh, as an object of desire. If you prefer, uh, for me. God is the name of the object, the common object of desire for everybody. Uh, but when you say that, in fact, God is only the common object of desire, God is that. It's not God, it is the desire, the question of desire. And uh, I am interested <coughs> in, in, in this question uh, of what I, I call an atheological point of view in the same way of George Bataille, you know. So Bataille says uh, we must now think in a, an atheological question, but atheological question in Bataille, that means through the, the history of theology, through the questions of, of theology, but now uh, when after Nietzsche, after Hegel, after Marx, after, after Freud, uh, God is death. If we say uh, that there is something which is absolutely uncalculable, now we know that everything is calculable. But we know also that if you calculate something, you, 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 you kill the, de the desire. So you must protect a kind of uncalculable when everything is calculable. And this protection uh, had a name in, in, in Latin, it is a sacre, the separation, the sacre, mm -hmm. and, and uh, sacred, sacred, yes. Mm -hmm. And we have now to rethink uh, something like that, but without the facility of theology, you know, because it is a facility, for us it is a facility. <coughs> for the theologist, like uh, Luther, like, uh, it was not a facility, it was a, a project, it was a, a new type of organization. But for us, it is a past. So it, 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 it could be a very, very great error to, 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 to want to come back to the past. But it, it would be also a very great error to, to forget the past, you know, and to forget the origin in the past of those questions. <coughs> uh, saying, for example, God is death, is not saying the question of God is finished. Not at all. The question of God is not at all finished. Maybe it is beginning now, uh, in fact, <laughs> this question. Mm. 
it would be very strange to say it uh, at this time when we're in the midst of a holy war uh, yeah. on, on several sides. I kept thinking while you were speaking about the Marx's uh, uh, <coughs> remark, uh, the money is the jealous god of Israel before whom all of the other gods have to kneel. Uh, and that, that, in a sense, that is the, uh, the theology. If there is a theology of capitalism, it is something like that's a kind of vulgar way of putting it. But Marx was a very vulgar guy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that, that may be the theology that uh, is generating uh, the next theology. Certainly, a lot of uh, fundamentalisms find it, position themselves in a very strange relation to capitalism. Mm -hmm. uh, we would think of this as in a religion, the great uh, uh, mediating force between the social and some concept of God. Uh, we're now inhabiting a space where it's clear that uh, what Derrida called the return of the religious is undeniable all around us. Uh, at the same time, a crisis of, of capitalism in which that God seems to be failing in some way, but uh, hard to say uh, exactly how. Yeah. Um, here we should speak about uh, Max Weber, who is a very, the very uh, an interlocutor here in this question. Uh, Max Weber <coughs> describes uh, capitalism like uh, as a, a process of uh, disenchantment, disenchantment, disenchantment mm -hmm. which is which finds its origin in God, in 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 the. In, in the affirmation of the irreducibility of God. And uh, here there is uh, probably uh, a s not a synthesis, but a, a meeting to, to try to, to range between uh, Weber and, and Marx. Because um, I think the question here is, is calculation precisely, uh, and grammatization I speak about before. I spoke about before. Um, dramatization is uh, the origin of the Bible, of the ancient te testament, uh, come on, the Old Testament, Old testament and, and the New Testament. There are uh, steps in dramatization, that's clear. There is a, the, the Jewish dramatization and after the Christianic dramatization, passing by the Hellenistic dramatization. And, um, when Max Weber uh, speaks about uh, the apparition of capitalism, the, the arche-capitalism or the proto-capitalism, explain that it is uh, induced by, uh, through Lutheran Protestantism, uh, uh, a, a change of status of the book. Not only uh, the book that everything, everybody can read uh, like the Bible, Old, um, Old Testament or New Testament, but also the book as a, a system of um, of, cal uh, of computing, of, cal of calculation, of uh, discretization of the movements of money, of uh, of work, of goods, of uh, a system for controlling uh, uh, everything uh, as a value, and it is. Uh, 
a process in the realm of what I call with Michel Foucault hypomnemata or hypomnesis, which is anticipating what will be, um, begin with machine that uh, Marx will describe. And I think here is the very question of the relationship <coughs> between capitalism and, and God, you know, and, and religion. Um, now, the problem of money, of capital like money, that money is credit. As Lyotard said very clearly, you know, I, I think, mm -hmm. uh, Lyotard said capital is a possibility to uh, ac accumulate time. Uh, and it's, it's Benjamin Franklin who said uh, time is money. But uh, uh, what does that mean, time is money? That means that when you have money, you have time. <laughs> uh, because if you have... Uh, but it doesn't mean when you have time, you have money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, right? <laughs> it's the irreversibility of time, you know? <laughs> but this question of the relationship between time and money and money is very important for understanding what is the question... Uh, what is the, 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 the liberal economy of capitalism? Because what is desire? It is, a, uh, it is time also. When you, are, uh, when you invest an object of desire, you, you object a part of your time. You, you spoke about what Derrida told about the gift <coughs> here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. this, um, <coughs> this seminar I gave, uh, I don't know in Chicago, but I, I, I listened to it in Paris. Uh, about l'essai sur le don. It was a question of donner le temps. Uh, yes. Yeah. Giving time. Giving yes. time. Giving time. And this question of desire is how, when I, where, when I have love for somebody, for my wife or my daughter or my, my friend, I have time to give to them. And it is exactly the situation of Plot. Plotine, when Plotine says, what is love, it is to give what you, do, you have not, you know? To love somebody is to give to, to this person what you, you don't have. When you give your time, you give some, something that you have not, in fact, because your time is, is, uh, is death, in fact. It, it's, it's, it's structured by, by death, and death uh, is <coughs> never your... Uh, you can't appropriate your days, your, your death. So uh, here there is a, a problem of the economy of the gifts, which is in, um, in uh, the problem of capitalism, the economy of credit, credit as credit in time. You know, uh, It's a new economy of time as a, an economy of, of libido, but it's an, an economy which uh, is completely uh, organized uh, around calculation, around computing. And uh, the problem is uh, that it's impossible. That's impossible. You, you must have an object uncalculable for uh, calculation, for computing. So where, so where do, I mean, if, if, if the theological is no longer, or the sacred is no longer the space where the incalculable can be located, where is it today? Where, where I mean, and even the singularity, 
singularity of the living. You know, I mean, with the, with the data gathering technologies and the way that marketing, you know, you 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 you, you um, enter, you know, you go to Amazon.com or Amazon.fr, and it says to you, I've already told the story this week here, right? You know, welcome, Mark Hansen. We have recommendations for you, right? And people who've bought these books that you've bought have also been interested in these books, right? So it's it's a it's a way in which the marketers know in a certain way more about what I want than I know myself. So so the singularity itself is something that's become calculable in a certain way. Um, so wh so where does where where can you say a little bit about where the unexpected and the incalculable is located today? I think it's impossible to lock it in uh, right. uh, this. It's never possible. That's the reason for which I I call that the consistency. Uh, I, I organize, I, I say that the imbalance, there is no transcendence if you prefer, mm -hmm. when we say mm -hmm. uh, there is nothing uh, sacred, or right. th that no means transcendence. Uh, no transcendence. Everything is immanent. But in this immanence, <coughs> there, are, there are three plans. There is a plan of what I call subsistence. 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 The plan I call existence. Existence is uh, our uh, individuation. You are Mark Hansen, I, I am Bernard Stigler. We are absolutely different. Uh, we have the same problems on the substantial level. You know, we need the same quantity, grosso modo, of calories, <laughs> of uh, glucides, uh, lipids, and so on. But on the level of existence, we have of the of existence, we are absolutely different, and not only different, but absolutely singular. Mm -hmm. uh, that is uncomparable. Mm -hmm. uh, it's impossible to, for example, in this room, to take people and to to make three uh, bags and to say those are in this bag, those in this bag, or those. That is the practice of the Nazism. Uh, we are not. Or of uh, uh, ordinary market. bureaucracy. Yeah. Yes, sure. And markets. Yeah. And mm -hmm. markets. Yeah. Because when you say, uh, Amazon says, I recommend you <laughs> to, to you, Mark uh, it is transformation of the singularity uh, into different calculable difference. Right. You know. Into a repertoire. And of, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's not Choices. singularity, it's particularity. Mm -hmm. And the very question today is to to define very precisely what distinguishes particularity and singularity. The singularity for me is always uh, articulate to the third level I, I call consistency. consistency. Like Deleuze. Mm -hmm. Deleuze says also there is a plan of consistency. Mm -hmm. you know. And this plan of consistency is not outside of immanence. But it is a plan of desire, precisely. Plan. The plan, yeah. Uh, when you are desire, uh, you, you are desiring uh, an object, uh, a sexual object, uh, uh, um, uh, an art object, or a, a spiritual object, etc., this object is an object of your desire only <coughs> because you are uh, in the phantasm of the character infinite and uncalculable, uncomparable of the uncomparable of this object. It is only a phantasm. It's an illusion, but it is a necessary illusion. 
you can't uh, uh, suppress this illusion. If you suppress this illusion, you suppress existence and you suppress life. So uh, cap capitalism has needs this illusion, and uh, now it, it developed during the 20th century many many kinds of illusion. Uh, uh, and beginning with uh, Le, Le Père Noël, how, how do we say that? Uh, yeah, um, Santa Claus, Santa Claus, yeah. Santa Claus, Santa Claus, yeah. Father Christmas, Santa Claus, Santa Claus. And uh, many, many artifacts like that, you know. And now uh, we need to, re for me, to rebuild a new type of libidinal economy, libidinal energy, libidinal economy. Uh, by what I, I I call the development of cults, but those cults are uh, cults of consistencies through practices which are not practices religious religious practices, but practices of uh, what was called in the Roman uh, Empire, for example, osium. You know, the osium. Osium, 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 but it is a sphere on another plane than existence, which is always calculable. You know, exist the objects which exist are calculable. That is the the uh, that is what is explained by Newton and by Kant. Uh, everything is, uh, is um, submitted to the the uh, determinative judgment, you know, mm -hmm. determinate judgment, yeah, but you have also a judgment which is a reflexive judgment, mm -hmm. and this judgment is not the, the, the judgment of the object existence, mm -hmm. it is the object consistent, mm -hmm. for example, when Kant says the beautiful, the beauty, the, the beau, uh, beauty, yeah. the beauty, uh, you can't <coughs> uh, demonstrate that you are right you are right when you say this object is beautiful. You can't demonstrate that because the beauty doesn't exist. It consists, for example, it consists in the reflexive judgment that doesn't exist. So when Kant says that, he opens the possibility to think without God, without theology, an object which is immanent but which is infinite. You know. That is the reason for which I, I agree with Lyotard, who insisted mm. on, this, uh, impo on, on the importance of this uh, third critic of, of, mm -hmm. of Kant, you know, mm -hmm. uh, saying that there is, this is the object of desire, the real object of desire. So could you say something about how the kinds of contemporary practices using new media, using digital devices, fits into this program of, um, you know, that you're describing here of, of um, 
putting back into play the incalculable and so yeah, on. Yeah. I think it would be good because, you know, yeah. after all, we're a class on media theory. So yes, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. In fact, for me, those uh, techniques, those machines, those apparatuses, those uh, devices, are all of them not only computers, but digital uh, devices, which are not computers today. For example, my, my cell phone is digital, but it's not a computer. Right. And uh, that's the reason for it. Also, uh, the reasonment of uh, the reasoning of, um, of Kittler is a little bit short because the question is not a computer today. Computer is a part in <coughs> the history of the digital, but uh, there are many, many digital uh, devices today which are not not Apple computers. So uh, those devices are devices of production of symbols. They are the. the, the Support the, they are the, the the devices of uh, the symbolic uh, circuits uh, between uh, singularities. For example, when I'm using my cell phone, I'm speaking with another singularity. So when I see on this cell phone, I can find video, photo, and so on. What shall I do with that? <laughs> you know, uh, is, it, is it? I always. Put on this question. Um, I, I, will, I, I will do like you this morning. I will <laughs> make a photograph. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, what is the what is the sense to make this photograph? <laughs> because you can. Yes, because you Just can. Because I can. <laughs> but I can sense it. And uh, uh, when I sense it, I, 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 I create a circuit. That is, the question is not the photograph, it is the movement of the photograph. And it is the, the relationship between, uh, through this photograph, which is a transitional object, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, this transitional object created a new transductive relation between you and me, for example, you know. And uh, this is what, in the Greek word, you can... Uh, name precisely a symbol because a symbol is what you share you know symbol means uh, before everything it means sharing mm -hmm. so those technologies are technologies of sharing that like web like everything like uh, PDA like uh, iPod I saw an iPod before uh, yeah. you had an iPod and uh, <laughs> those technologies are uh, the possibilities of creating new types of communities, of symbolic communities, and of uh, produc production of, of sublimation. So, of sublimation, that means of consistency. So, uh, the question is, if we want to develop that, we must conceive or design those objects not uh, with... Uh, um, the, the, the question of use, but with the, the question of practice. Uh, you can, when you work with uh, engineers or uh, designers or uh, um, ergonom, ergonom, ergonoms, er ergonomic, ergonomic, ergonomic scientists, scientists, yeah, yeah. Er ergonomic researchers. The obsession of of the industrial is the market, and uh, to address the market, you must uh, produce a notice for for the use, you know, of 
how to use that with the notice we, yeah. which explains and a predetermined use. Yes, yeah, and, and you predetermine the use. And in fact, if if you ask to the man who conceived, who designed the first forte piano, uh, I think he he couldn't able to imagine even what was possible with. Uh, Johann Sebastian Bach with uh, Beethoven, with not yourself, but with Beethoven, <laughs> with uh, with uh, Schubert and Cecil Taylor and John Cage. It was impossible because the problem of the piano, which is an instrument and not only a tool, is that you you play the piano, you don't use the piano, and to play the piano is to practice the piano. So you can use that. But the very question of that is to practice that, not to use it. And uh, I, I think a new society is <coughs> a, society, a society of practices, not only of use. Obviously, you can use a piano, for, exa for example, for calling people because it's time to dinner. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, like with the ring, you know, uh, with the trumpet in, in army, you know, uh, yeah. it, it's time for wake-up, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can also uh, make a concerto with Porto, with Jean Sebastian Bach, you know. So uh, the question is the passage from using <coughs> to practice. And it is existence, consistence. Mm -hmm. Now we've got questions and we're one. out of time. But um, why don't we, maybe if everyone can ask their question. Which we do, or should we just keep yeah, going just a little bit longer? Yeah, fire away. If people have to leave, ask, ask, questions. ask your questions, we won't try to answer them. Uh, we'll suspend them and think about them. Yeah, so yeah, my, go ahead. My question is that um, Kibler, as well as, of course, McLuhan and Demida, all talk about the tendency of print to glorify itself and to speak itself and to contain itself. Um, with what you just said, do you think that it's possible, it's possible that new media help us to break out of that sort of circle? Um, to break out of the circle of self-reference, that, that, that instead we have the possibility to transmit a message as opposed to, um, as in the Gutenberg galaxy or the Gutenberg galaxy, a monopoly just to talk about oneself? I don't, uh, I'm not sure that I understand clearly what you speak about when you speak about the self, but uh, you speak medium. about self-reference. The me medium self-reference. Yes. Yeah. Writing on the talks about writing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah.
And art writing is not, is not at all empirical writing, probably not, you know? Uh, uh, people say very often, oh, there he died, only everything is textual and so on. It's not, a, it's not the truth. Uh, the question is, arch trace, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's not totally the same reason reasoning than uh, McLuhan and Kittler. And I think there is a, a, a misunderstanding between Kittler and Derrida on this question, you know. That's the reason for which uh, I had myself a problem with Derrida, because I said to Derrida, your logic of supplement is in the reality and a history of supplement that is a history of techniques. And he's always said to me, but if you say that, you make a confusion between arch writing and, mm. uh, and uh, alphabetic writing, for, for example. And I, I and, and so transcendence and yes, the transcendence. Absolutely. Because for him, it's still a trend. It, it, it at least mimics a transcendent structure, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And he said quasi transcendental. Right. He uses this expression quasi transcendental. So uh, my way for uh, expect, uh, escape to those uh, the pierres, you know, the, the traps, to those traps, because those. Uh, those questions are traps, you know. Uh, a priori, if you, if you want, but not only a priori, a trap, really. Uh, that they impasse, and they did not pass, the impasse, yeah. um, is to, to, question, to question those uh, topics through Simonon. That is, through the question of individuation, saying you have three levels of individuation. The level of, of, the, of the physiological uh, of the psychic individuation, uh, the technical individuation, and the social uh, social individuation, and you are always into the inadequation between those individuations. So you are, it's impossible to 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 to, sh to fall in the trap mm -hmm. of the self-reference with this manner of of vision. Um, I, I was, was going to ask about sort of, you were talking about a society of practices, and I was kind of wondering specifically about, you know, Kittler says about McLuhan that, you know, his project is off because he can't understand media. And sort of the question of what is the practice of sort of theory in in sort of this, this new kind of image you're talking about. And my, my mind immediately flashed. As you're speaking to, you know, Heidegger's example of the, the famous example of the hammer, that sort of the way, the way in which, you know, we use our tools when, when we have a certain kind of technical understanding, um, the way we can theorize is changes based on the kind of tools we have and the kind of ways we have with working with tools. So when the hammer stops working, we, we think of it, we theorize it in a completely different way than we do if, if we're actually sort of using it. So I guess my, my question is sort of in this, in this realm you're talking about, what is the the sort of new practice of theory, or what does theory um, look like uh, in in your model of a sort of society of these new practices? What is the practice of theory? Mm. You spoke very fast, so uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I couldn't understand everything. But um, uh, as said Heidegger, uh, theory is a practice. No? And uh, for me, uh, uh, the practice, which is theory, is a practice which uh, put 
out the question of grammatization. That is, uh, it is a meta practice. Uh, it is. Uh, um, it is a practice which uh, formalizes the conditions of practice. You know, uh, it's not a very good answer. I I I I feel that uh, speaking, but. Uh, uh, when you are, uh, you know, on the question, on the on the hermeneutic question, you know, when Kittler says you can't understand media, and some of Kluhn's whole project is misguided. I mean, I think you would dif you would differ fundamentally from that, right? Yeah. Because I mean, what your whole project is to try to um, think the Im the the co-functioning of these levels of individuation, yes, of which media absolutely. and techniques is one of those levels of absolutely. individuation. So. Um, you know, so it's, so whereas for Kittler, the fact that media form a kind of quasi-transcendental structure for um, the for for practices, you know, means that one can't understand them because you can't get outside of those practices. And I think that problem just doesn't pose itself for you, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you you've got a much more a much richer and complex structure in which you situate media and techniques. Yeah. Um, and the distinction between use and practice, right? Which is a way of making practice creative without having to be guided by a theory, right? I mean, because what you're what you're what you're trying to do is offer people, you know, new ways of using these devices that are going to let them create forms of community and so on, so on. That you don't you can't predict from the beginning what they're going to be, yeah, right? Absolutely. So it's a way in which absolutely. practice becomes absolutely. something that you know that's creative. But in those communities of practices, you have uh, production of what we call this morning. Uh, Critical space, and uh, that is the critical space which produces uh, the theoretic uh, formalizations. You know, and uh, this production of theoretic formalizations is not for me a, a theoretical production. At the beginning, it, it's uh, it's part of a technical practice. production. You know, and after you have a, a rationalization of this, this practical production, which uh, stabilized in a norm, uh, a model, a paradigm, a theoretical, para a theoretical paradigm, 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 paradigm. yes, which, uh, which uh, becomes a, a theory, you know. But uh, it is a, is a critical activity of the practice, which engender this, this theory for me. It's not the theory which is the origin of the practice. That's the reason for which uh, reading Sylvain Roux, who is uh, the author of this, this concept of process of dramatization, is very important. Because he shows that very precisely. Uh, he shows that uh, traditionally uh, people think that grammarian uh, specialists of language invented uh, uh, writings, you know, and it shows that in fact writings were secreted, were, were produced by the activity, <coughs> and after dans la trécou, uh, in the, in the, the aftermath, yeah, yeah, aftermath, the aftermath, 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 you, know, you had uh, uh, theorization uh, uh, by by Aristotle, for example, uh, but 
five seculars, uh, after, five uh, centuries after after the the, the apparition of, of this uh, language, uh, of this notation of language. So, so maybe yes. take the last question, and then I think we better we need to give you a little time to rest. Here, so I think this is a, a related question about the. Um, the relationship between practice as you're using it in distinction with use and um, the, the structuring of desire. Uh, early on in, in the discussion, you spoke about a disalignment between, um, or, you know, that's, that's um, characteristic of the present day, a disalignment between maladjustment uh, or a maladjustment yeah. between um, uh, technical and social indi forms of individuation. Yeah. And it seems to me in, in your description that behind that narrative was a kind of hope for uh, for an achievement of an adjustion, uh, uh, excuse me, an achievement of, of good adjustment between these two, so that um, so that the dynamics of desire come to fit in a certain way with the with the new techniques that have outstripped it. And I'm wondering if instead of that, you it, it would be possible to tell the same story in terms of an attempt to like. Um, live in the contradiction or, or to really inhabit the, the problem of, of this maladjustment and in doing so maybe to gain a new insight about the ways in which we, we attempt to um, structure our desire towards these techniques that we've produced. And, you know, is there, is there something we can learn from maybe productively inhabiting that, that kind of contradiction that we're suffering? Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, it's impossible to to suppress the misadjustment, yeah. maladjustment. Maladjustment. Mm -hmm. It's impossible, but it's possible to socialize it. Uh, in the first time, you have uh, a crisis between uh, social individuation and technical individuation. In the second time, which is the production of a new a new type of civilization, you have a socializing uh, a socialization of this uh, maladjustment, like singularities, you know. Um, in the theory of, of, um, of uh, Simondon, uh, of the individuation in Simondon, Gil Gil Gilbert Simondon, who's a French philosopher of technology who comes after Merleau-Ponty, was a sort of student of Merleau-Ponty, yeah. and mm. a very important person. Very important. Uh, we developed who developed this, this concept of individuation, process of individuation. He developed a very precise concept of individuation, very strict, very rigorous. And he says the dynamic of individuation, because individuation is a process, and you can't stop this process. So the question is, what is the principle of the, of the dynamic? And the principle is inadequation, inadequation, you know. But you must, it's me which speaks now, not Simono. You must, uh, when you have a crisis between uh, technical individuation and social individuation, you must uh, share the uh, male adjustment, you know, between uh, everybody in the society to make uh, this default a chance, you know. My very uh, philosophy is that defaults, accidents, etc., et are chance. And uh, that the, the question is not, it is never to find the, <coughs> the suppression of defaults or, or uh, of error, of, uh, of inadequation, but 
on the contrary, to make energy with that, you know. And that's the reason for which, for me, we do not go on. And the exteriorization, which is in fact the correction of a default, is uh, the aggravation of the default. Because when you, you create a new process for correct uh, default, you create a new default, you know, and so on. And the process of desire is uh, the process of transformation of those defaults. And what is, in French, it's very nice because we, you can say in French, ce qu'il faut. Uh, that is what you need. Necessary, yeah. What is necessary. And default is, is something that is lacking. Right. right. And the human, as a, as, a, as a natural species, is, a, is the lacking species. Yes. Right. And that's what that's the myth right. of Epimetheus is, right? Where Epimetheus, you know, has forgotten Certainly. to save anything to give to man or to the human. And so, you know, then the human becomes, you know, not good at anything in particular, but flexible. You know? yes. And always yes. defined by the effort to overcome the default, yes. which creates an Good. So um, why don't we all, um, you know, have a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you.